And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, a mind-opening Bible teacher, host of Bible Mysteries podcast. Scott Mitchell has been a student of the Bible, Bible history, and biblical mysteries for 40-plus years. His careers have spanned music, legal support, and technology. He has pastored a Bible church in Texas, founder of the Unlock the Bible Now ministry. After years of study, Scott found the key to unlocking the secrets in the Bible. Armed with a Pauline passage to be faithful stewards of the mysteries of God, Scott began Bible Mysteries podcast and his utbnow.com website to share the truth about what the world is trying to hide. Scott, welcome back. How have you been? I've been wonderful, George, and how about yourself? All is good. Boy, you do great work, my friend. You really do. Well, thank you. We're out there doing our best with the time we have left. (laughs) What was it that first got you interested in biblical studies? You know, um, seeing some truth in high school, uh, early high school, began to get me interested. And and oddly enough, um, it was through my sister who was dating a, a boy that uh, ended up being a close friend of mine, but um, that boy's father was a pastor and teacher, and I began attending a Bible class there, and it it just so happens that um, in my adolescence, around 12 or 13, I began to have recurring nightmares of uh, demonic-type things, uh, and I was not raised in a religious home, so I didn't know where this was coming from. But when I started to attend this Bible class, the subject matter was uh, demonology. And I, I began to understand that, you know, you, 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 the more you understand something, the less you fear it. And so it, it, the, the dreams stopped, the nightmares stopped, and uh, I began to study the Scriptures as a result of that. Good for I was you. about 15, maybe. Now, tell us the context of the Bible and the fallen angels. What is the Bible version? Well, the Bible version is that the angelic realm has been around for many, many thousands of years prior to mankind, as far as I'm concerned. And um, these uh, were, there was a kingdom, it's the kingdom of God still, but before there was a man, there were angels and different uh, angelic beings, and at some point there was an insurrection by one particular cherub named Lucifer, who decided to rebel because he wanted more than his position. He, He appears to have been a king of some sort of the earth. And in this rebellion, a third of the angels joined him. They were defeated. Uh, There was some sort of an intergalactic war that took place. And the resulting chaos and destruction was the planet we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It's without form and void, and there's darkness, and there's, there's destruction. So we believe that that was the, uh, the wrath of God poured out upon that angelic realm that rebelled, and God in his mind said, I can do better with dirt than I can do with you created beings. So he made Adam and gave man dominion of the earth, and the angels have been angry ever since and have been the fallen ones, and they've been trying to take it back. Uh, so the war continues on, and we're just the latest group of individuals that God is trying to demonstrate, as far as I'm concerned, his great love and mercy in giving mankind this opportunity for redemption, which he did not give the angels that rebelled. Uh, they have a judgment to come, and so do men, but we have a choice, and um, and we can choose to believe on the the salvation that God provided and live with him eternally, or we can choose to join the 
rebel factions of angels yeah. if if we want. Scott, what is the coming great deception? Well, we believe it involves these angels, and I personally think that they are masquerading as aliens. That what uh, and and the the narrative seems to be shifting a little bit because for the longest time it's been you know there are extraterrestrials, there's life on other planets, and there's still many people that believe that and think so. But even with the latest uh, limitations of uh, disclosure coming from the Pentagon through congressional hearings, the narrative is starting to shift from extraterrestrial to interdimensional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the deception is going to They're going to try to convince us these are beings that are maybe interdimensional beings. Uh, but in fact, I believe they are the fallen angels and their minions. Uh, they're known as principalities, powers spiritual wickedness in high places in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 6. Now, what does your gut tell you? Do you think they're interdimensional or not? I'm beginning to wonder about that. You know, I I have no um, reason to argue that there could be interdimensional aspects to these beings, but I'm I'm not so sure, you know, when you think of things like the Marvel multiverse and stuff like that, which may or may not be true, it's just fiction, but... um, is it possible that in reality they're in our own realm? We just can't see them. Uh, they're in the same laws of physics that we occupy, but in the same way that, like, the ocean is teeming with life below the surface, but we just see water. You know, perhaps it's it's something like that. And I reference that based upon a, a, a passage of scripture in Second Kings, where a prophet named Elisha or Elisha, however you like to say it. Um, was trying to be killed by the army of the Syrian king, and uh, they surround Elisha and his servant, and the servant's like, oh, no, we're de- we're dead men. We're done for. They're going to kill us. And um, Elisha said, nah, don't worry. There's more of us than there are of them. And the guy says, what are you talking about? It's just two of us. Well, this is Second Kings chapter 6, but Elisha prayed, and he said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And when the Lord opened the servant's eyes, he looked, and the mountains were filled with the chariots of God and with his host or army. So it's possible that they were always there, but we just don't have eyes to see them any longer. Perhaps there was a time when we could see these entities, such as Eve in the garden mm-hmm. discussing the, with the serpent, you know. Well, why pose as aliens? What's their motivation for that? Well, it would seem to me that there's coming some kind of war, whether it's going to be an attack from the skies as aliens, maybe entities posing as one faction or another, and another faction of angels comes to be our rescuers, or whether they're perhaps slowly giving us technology through some sort of a contractual arrangement, which we can discuss later, but um, they're going to allow us enough um, uh, rope to hang ourselves, so to speak. We may be um, uh, piloting some of these Delta-looking craft, and that's humans doing it. But ultimately, we're going to have so much power that war could be leading to ultimate destruction like a nuclear uh, war. And, or, and it may simply be a nuclear war, but they intervene to stop us from destroying ourselves. And we'll look upon them as these heroes, these saviors, these Asgardian Nordic type, um, you know, rescuers of some type, when in fact they may be hiding a more sinister form. What do they want, Scott? What's their motive? 
the motive seems to be, uh, and some postulate that this is a contest in a sense, you know, uh, after this rebellion, God said to Satan and his angels, because Lucifer became the dragon, yeah. uh, and maybe always was the dragon, but <clears throat> he he is the enemy, the adversary, Satan. And so he may have challenged the unfairness in his mind. You you know you can't punish us. We're this. We're that. And uh, and so this is almost like a test, as as the story of Job is similar. You know, God said, "Have you seen him? He's righteous." And the devil said, "Ah." do this to him, and he'll curse you to your face. So uh, I, I suspect all of this is like a legal challenge, and ultimately it's for the destruction. It's to prove that God is just in all that he's doing and that the, the fallen angels are unjust. That's conceivable. It truly is. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and if there's truly this great deception underway, we could be into a big, big problem, Right. Yes, especially if uh, the narrative continues the way it's going, because if these supposed uh, rescuers or heroes come down and they say, uh, we are in fact your uh, ancestors, we seeded you, you know, there's this panspermia idea that, you know, Earth was seeded with the DNA of these more intelligent beings or our own species from the future or something like that, whatever the whatever their theory is, that um, they'll come back and say, hey, you're now ready for your next step of evolution. Uh, We have this uh, uh, pill you can swallow or injection you can take or this technology we can incorporate into your human genome, and they'll manipulate the genealogy of man or or the genetic makeup of man, and we become hybrids as they were back in Genesis 6. Angels definitely have been genetically manipulating humanity for quite a while. This uh, creation of hiding as aliens does not negate the fact that there could be real aliens from other planetary sources, right? It certainly could be true. Uh, I'm I'm of the opinion that they may not be. Uh, I don't rule it out and say it's impossible. Uh, there could, in fact, be other beings in other other worlds, but there's so much emphasis on the on the Earth, and and we could say, well, we don't know about any of the battles going on in other star systems and other galaxies. But if that was the case, why fight over this one rock? If there's billions or millions of Earth-like planets, yeah. you know what what's the what's the fascination with this one? And I, I think it has a lot to do with this is this is the only one. This is the one that God created for a purpose. And this is where his throne is, uh, and this is where Lucifer wants to reign because he wants to be like God. Some believe that the governments are in cahoots with the aliens or the fallen ones secretly. What's your thoughts on that? I think that's true. In fact, that would explain to me the obfuscation of— um, all the disclosure that's trying to be held through congressional hearings to get somebody in the government or the Pentagon or somewhere <clears throat> to admit what we have here. You know, you've heard of the testimonies of men like David Grush and others yeah. who who say, yeah, and notice the term they use is non-human biologics is what they claim they have instead of coming out and saying they're aliens. And uh, I believe they're aware of the fact that these are demonic beings and, and fallen angels because there, you know, there was that story that many people say is corroborated about Eisenhower in 1953, 
and some sort of a contract was made between this government and the Greys or whoever the entities were pretending to be. And I suspect there might be similar contracts with other nations, but in our nation, allegedly, they said in exchange for advanced technology, uh, you allow us to abduct people for genetic experimentation, which to me is what the alien abduction program is all about, Mm -hmm. to manipulate human DNA for the purposes of whatever their goals are. They seem to bring the the abducted person back, don't you think? Yeah. They, they, in almost many cases, I don't know of a single abduction experience where the person was abducted and then killed. Although there could be some, uh, but most most accounts uh, are are viewed by the average person as yeah, they're taken in a spaceship somewhere, they experiment them in a, in some form of an operating room, and then they bring them back. But we've interviewed abductees, we've talked to people and authors and specialists on our show. Bible mysteries, and I'm of the conclusion that they're they're trying to breed hybrid human quote unquote aliens. Although it's more like Nephilim from Genesis six, they're actually uh, a- angelic beings or something, fallen angels that are doing this. And the aim is to either reduce the population of the Earth to 500 million, like Georgia Guidestones re- you know, encourages, or to create this army to fight against the Lord when he comes back. Take a few moments here, Scott, and tell us about the uh, podcast, the Bible Mysteries podcast. Yeah, we started the podcast uh, in, in 2020, and it was to get this information out. Uh, we were we felt like churches aren't addressing this. They kind of bury their heads in the sand when it comes to things in the Bible, like the giants of Genesis 6 and, and many... Uh, uh, visions or appearances of angels, which we believe are what some think are UFOs, but that's really what they are. They're these angelic beings that have advanced technology. And there's many, many other things to that. So we started the podcast with the idea that we wanted to reach people that maybe had never picked up a Bible in their life, but uh, they would hear a topic like this and sort of be like shocked out of their senses. That's in the Bible. And the hope was they would have an interest in digging a little deeper to see what other things there might be and maybe realize that some of the answers maybe they were looking for. Because there's many people that have these questions. They're seeing these things going on in the world today, and they're wondering, what is happening? I think people sense something's not right, but there's a lot of cognitive dissonance out there, and we don't want people to fall for the deception that's going to come as, oh, these are our alien uh, space brothers. They're here to help us, you know. It's like the what are the six scariest words? We're here. We're from the government, and we're here to help, or something yeah. like that. Take us to your leader, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the possibility of extraterrestrials, fallen angels, are they after our soul? Is that the goal? You know, I'm not so sure that's a prize they can obtain because a soul. So if you think about a human being as being composed of three parts, much like God himself is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are body, soul, and spirit. So in that sense, we are created in the image of God. My my view of that is the physical body is the house of the soul, and the soul houses the spirit. So when a person dies, let's say, it is their spirit and soul that continue on. 
I don't know that these fallen entities can do anything with that. God is in control of that. So it's not like they might be able to uh, steal the body and do experiments to it and even impregnate uh, women that have been abducted, but they can't take a soul. You know, there's this Faustian idea that the devil is in hell trying to steal your soul. Well, he's not in hell. That's that's the realm he's going to be condemned to at some point in the lake of fire. So he's not actually in hell waiting or anything with a pitchfork. He's actively involved in manipulating nations against nations and, and these angelic battles that are going on. So the soul, to me, is not what he's after. He's, he's trying to get humanity to worship him and rebel against the God of creation. That, that seems to be his, his M.O., so you have no doubts there is evil out there and there are demons. Absolutely. And and the demons you know when you think about it you you pick up a bible and you start reading and suddenly you run into an encounter with an evil spirit like Jesus casting out devils in the New Testament. And I I read that many times even though I wasn't raised religiously at some point I started to get interested in the bible and study it and I would read a passage and never think to ask well, where did these unclean spirits come from? Why are they here? Did, why would they just exist? God didn't make them that way. Why would he create evil spirits? So you begin to dig deeper, and you start to find out that, well, they had to come from somewhere. And um, we believe that they're the disembodied spirits of the hybrid Nephilim or giants of Genesis 6, where the sons yeah. of God took the daughters of men. And we postulate that because they're not fully human, they don't have souls. Uh, they have a spirit, which is the unclean spirit. But when they died in the flood of Noah, they were doomed. And according to the book of Enoch, which is not in the Bible, but it's considered historical, um, they they are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim doomed to roam the earth, which is why they seek to possess human bodies and do other sorts of mischief. What does the Catholic Church say about this? I'm not sure of the Catholic Church's official position about demons. They obviously recognize they're real, uh, and that's the whole reason for the um, the methodology of exorcism. That's right. They've that. got at least 120 exorcist priests out there, don't they? Exactly. So they clearly acknowledge and admit that they exist, um, whether or not they know that um, or they believe that it came from the disembodied spirits of Nephilim, that I'm, I'm unclear on. Scott, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back and chat more. We'll take calls with you next hour. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about the Vietnam War and what happened then, because that was a very strange twist. We'll be back. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie along with Scott Mitchell. Scott, tell us the story of Vietnam where these very strange occurrences were happening. Yeah, George, we're going to be discussing this in some upcoming episodes, uh, BibleMysteriesPodcast.com, if anybody wants to, to learn how to join or subscribe or listen. But um, it's available on any, any podcast app. Um, but I ran across some information about the uh, – it, apparently it was the son of a commanding officer – who was over a group in Vietnam during the war, and red night vision goggles technology had just been introduced. 
uh, and they were being deployed by selective groups uh, in Vietnam. And it's interesting, the, the commanding officer was the father of this person speaking about this, <clears throat> was saying that they were told and instructed not to wear the, the goggles uh, or the pilots of these helicopters in this, in this group, only the soldiers. And so at the time, the technology was a red-spectrum light in these night vision goggles where today they use a green, I believe. But what was happening was as a group of choppers were flying over friendly territory on a mission, uh, the um, soldiers that were wearing these night vision goggles began to see things. And they were seeing demonic-like entities. One uh, gunner actually began firing into the air almost crazily, and he was coming close to hitting some of the other helicopters. So the commanding, this particular CO went back there to just totally read him the riot act, <clears throat> suspecting that maybe he was high on drugs or something. But, uh, you know, he didn't show those symptoms. And so at one point, the CO uh, put the goggles on himself, and he saw just what the guy was describing, winged-like gargoyle-type creatures that were actually pointing at in his direction, seeing him and, and moving towards him and attacking him, and that's why he was shooting. Um, they subsequently stopped using these night vision goggles. I think it was about a 60-day time, but it's just interesting to think that they were told only the soldiers should wear these. I, 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 that kind of indicates to me that hmm. two things. Number one, the government was aware of these entities and what they would do. And number two, maybe they're not from other dimensions. They're just in a spectrum that we can't see, kind of pointing back to that story of Elisha in Second Kings chapter 6. Right. That's very possible. What, what, do you, what do you think? What's your gut tell you? My gut tells me that they are right here, um, you know, that they're all around us in the, in the same way that Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes that the servant may see. Uh, they're around us, but we lost the ability to see them, perhaps, as Eve did when she conversed with the serpent in the garden. I think sin, the sin condition entered into humanity, and perhaps it's a protective mechanism while we're in this condition uh, and while we were waiting for redemption from the Lord. Uh, had we seen these entities and would be able to interact with them, we might just go crazy. We're just not in a position to be able to process that right now. In many instances, and throughout the scriptures, when angels appeared, even God's angels, to prophets or holy men of God, these men lost the ability to stand. They fainted. There's a some form of paralysis that takes over them, and that's also true in, in more sinister applications where abductees are reported as being unable to move or they go unconscious or whatever when they're being transported, and in my opinion, not to uh, other planets, but to deep underground military bases. Scott, what are these craft, these objects that people report seeing all over the place? What, what are they, and how are they tied into this? Well, I believe the UFOs and the crafts that people are spotting are, in fact, fallen angel technology. And for that matter, they could be the mm. good angels, too. You know, we, we have this conception of angels from, you know, Renaissance art and things like that, of these, you know, beautiful, blonde, human-like people with wings and whatever. Right. Whatever the on, on clouds. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe they're not look they don't look like that at all. Maybe there's something completely different and they're actually 
you know, I guess you would say humanoid or human-like in many respects, but perhaps, um, uh, and and we're going to get into, if you want, uh, the the beings in the Bible called seraphim, which are very serpent-like creatures and could be the source of reptilians. But my my take on this is they have technology. They use technology to open portals from their spiritual realm into ours or to bring us up to them or whatever the case may be. And they're just they're operating under the exact same laws of physics as us. They're physical, they're corporeal, but they're just spiritual beings, they're spiritual realm. I don't know if it's another dimension so much. It's just a realm, like I said, like the underwater realm, but we can't breathe or operate down there. Well, that's a good point. It's very point. Now, let's talk about the seraphim for a moment. What are they? Well, the seraphim is the Hebrew word seraph, and it's translated as a fiery flying serpent. And in fact, there's a passage in Isaiah that refers to the root of the of the um, Assyrian being a, a fiery flying serpent, and I believe that's a reference to the coming Antichrist. Um, since the angel, or, or rather Lucifer was a fallen angel, and he was called a cherub, it's possible that cherubs and seraphim, or seraphs, are similar in makeup. Maybe they have a reptilian look to them. I mean, Lucifer was called the serpent in the garden. He's called the dragon in Revelation 12. Um, He's called Leviathan. So uh, is it possible that in this uh, war of rebellious angels, a number of high-ranking angels were seraphim that rebelled, and they became the dragon princes? or perhaps the seven-headed beast of Revelation is representative of six other fallen dragon princes, and Lucifer was one of them. And maybe there is, that are, they are the reptilians. Those are the ones that have been manipulating humanity's DNA and interfering with the affairs of men. So perhaps they are, in fact, the, the, the actual reptilians. Whatever is happening out there, Scott, whatever is happening, it doesn't seem like it's very good for us. No, uh, th- this is ultimately what Jesus warned about in in the Gospels when he talks about the last days and the ends of times, and he said, fearful sights and signs shall there be in heaven and earth. And I think we're just starting to see that begin to proliferate. At some point, he says, men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. I think the stage is being set for a lot more. Uh, paranormal activity to uh, occur on the earth in plain sight. It's no longer going to be relegated to the to the spectrum of uh, conspiracy nuts and tinfoil hat people, as they've accused us for so many, many decades. Uh, they can no longer dismiss it anymore. So it's going to be to the point where men, according to the Bible, are going to realize all this is happening understand it's God coming back to pour his wrath out on the dragon and his angels and those that join with them. And they're going to literally ask the Antichrist to help them, to save them, to protect them from Yahweh, from the God of creation, uh, because they're going to say, look, at some point they say, who is able to make war with him in Revelation 13? He's going to have such advanced technology, they're going to think that he can actually defeat God the Creator and Jesus, his Son. Scott, how many biblical experts would agree with you? Uh, there's more and more. It's growing. Uh, we, we fi- 
Yeah, it's growing. We find them, and we when we do, and we find out maybe they've written books or made videos or whatever, and we interview them. So I, I thought when I began this that I was the only one, that I was nuts, you know. And then I discovered my dear friend Ryan Peterson, uh, who wrote a book called Judgment of the Nephilim, and then I learned about L.A. Marzulli and Chuck Misler and Ali Siadatan and, and um, uh, Sylvia McKelvey and all these, like, MUFON researchers or people that uh, are, are martial arts instructors from Persia uh, or L.A. who's been doing this for many years, and you know him. Uh, they've, they've been researching this stuff, and it was like, oh, my goodness, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. We had no idea there were so many, and they're growing in number. No, they really are. L.A.'s a genius when it comes to this, isn't he? He truly is, and we'll be having him again on our show uh, in March. But um, he's he seems to have his finger on the pulse of what's going on uh, better than just about anybody that I know. And uh, so I consider him sort of the, the current um, expert in the field of everything to do with crop circles, ufology, and, of course, the giants and the Nephilim. What are the reptilians, and where do they fit into this? Well, my thinking, I'm beginning to postulate this idea that they are, in fact, these seraphim-type angels, since we know there's more than one type of angelic being. The, the word angel in the Bible literally just means messenger, whether it's, you know, <clears throat> angelos in the Greek or whether it's from the Hebrew. It's, it's going to represent a job or position rather than the entity itself. You know, if we say a person is a man or a woman, we're identifying the being that they are. But when we say the word angel, that comprises more than one type of being. We've got seraph or seraphim. We've got cherubs. We have apparently angels that are military and mighty, such as Michael the archangel. And then we have other angels that might be strictly messengers such as Gabriel, <clears throat> although that doesn't mean he's limited in that capacity. So I would say reptilians may simply be these fallen serpent-like creatures, and perhaps they do have a, a dragon or lizard-like appearance, maybe not the way we see it in science fiction movies, but perhaps in some form that apparently didn't repulse Eve because she had no problem conversing with the serpent in the garden. And since the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that Satan is able to be transformed as an angel of light, I suspect they might be shapeshifters of some type, and that they could change their form, and perhaps they disguise themselves as much more attractive-looking things, hmm. because humanity maybe isn't ready to accept what they truly look like, or, or would be too frightened to see it. So perhaps they sometimes appear as the Nordic-looking creatures. And incidentally, L.A. had uh, somebody send him video of a trail cam where uh, uh, it looks like a portal is opening and a very elf-like Nordic-looking entity appears on the trail cam. Uh, it, it's fascinating. I, I believe it's real, and it very well could be one of these entities. Where does the Antichrist fit into all of this, Scott? Well, the Antichrist is going to be, according to the prophecy of Genesis 3.15, the seed of the serpent. And so it is my belief, as well as that of others uh, in this field, that the dragon himself is going to sire a human hybrid child who may be alive right now. Part of what maybe the genetic manipulation and the abduction program is all about is to find that 
that golden ticket, so to speak, yeah. that that person with just the right genetics where this being can be born that looks like a human being <clears throat> but carries the characteristics of his dragon father. So the Antichrist is literally going to be a hybrid Nephilim. Whether he's a giant, I don't know, but he's definitely going to be part fallen angel from Lucifer and part human. Do you think the Antichrist will know who he or she is? I suspect they will. And there's also a reason to believe that just as Judas Iscariot was a man, but Jesus said of him, I've chosen you 12 disciples, but one of you is a devil. And he's the only other person in the Bible who's referred to by the Lord as the son of perdition. The Antichrist is also called the son of perdition by Paul in Second Thessalonians. And, and <clears throat> he comes out of the bottomless pit, and the Bible says he goes into perdition or went into perdition. The word perdition means destruction. So uh, it's very possible that the entity that was in Judas, the devil himself, Diabolos, Satan, uh, there, there's, a, there's a demonic entity that uh, possesses the body of him, and, and that would make sense. If, a, if unclean spirits are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, then perhaps there is uh, a, a disembodied spirit, or if not that, one of the fallen angels that were chained. You remember those that took these wives in Genesis 6 were punished by God and put into the bottomless pit and chained. They're released in Revelation chapter 9, and what comes out is not what went in. Uh, whatever they looked like when they went into the bottomless pit, they come out as these hideous locust-like creatures that attack men. And there's a king over them, and his name is Apollyon. And this is all in Revelation chapter 9, but it's possible. And uh, Ryan Peterson speculates in his book, The Judgment of the Nephilim, or the final Nephilim, rather. It's possible that this entity possesses the human body of the Antichrist and in every sense becomes the hybrid Nephilim creature. We're going to take your calls next hour with Scott Mitchell. His websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. The Mark of the Beast, what does that mean to you, Scott? That, to me, is going to be some form of genetic manipulation. In other words, when if the deception plays out, as we've discussed, uh, George, like um, these so-called extraterrestrials appear, even though they're really fallen angels, but they claim to be our ancestors or alien space friends or whatever, and they say... Humanity is ready for the next evolution, human 2.0. You can be like us. You can become like gods if you just take this whatever, and it's going to be technology or an injection or a pill or something that changes them, and they're going to somehow become more than just human. It's what this uh, Yuval Noah Harari, who I think is a very sinister person, yeah. uh, is, is uh, suggesting that humanity is going to become <clears throat> And if that happens, it could be like, you know, the vaccines and things like that they are being uh, pushed on the world today. It could, they could contain gene-altering uh, properties, and, and we know they do. The mRNA are actually gene therapy. So it's possible that at some point they're going to develop something that could be injected and literally change a person from being 
purely human to being a hybrid. And we know there's something to that because at some point there's uh, these things that are released from the bottomless pit that attack those that have the mark. They only attack those that have the mark, and they're genetically different than other human beings. And it also says they seek death, but death flees from them. So maybe whatever they do to change themselves, whatever the mark is, causes them to not be able to die normally, and therefore they've got to be genetically changed. Scott, as we continue chatting next hour, we'll also take calls with you on Coast to Coast AM. Scott Mitchell with us. Websites linked up at coasttocoastam.com.